Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living So Bar. Busy Living So Bar. Busy Living So Bar. It's episode 202. How about that? 202. I have Jeff here. I decided to ask Jeff to come on again because he was so much fun to have on last week. Really? You were just on on Thursday. I can't let's, believe I had you on this. I'm like so nice to you. I've had you on. Sure, if you want to come on, just kidding. Let's face it, I'm your bench. You're my bench? Uh-huh. What does that mean? I'm your bench. What does that mean? That's, that's what you, the bench is who you go to when you need somebody to come out and participate. Oh, so like in baseball, they go to the exactly. bench and they bring out a pitcher? Or, right. Okay. Exactly. All right, so I get that. So here we are on episode 202. Mm-hmm. We do have a guest for, for for Thursday, which is exciting. Nice. It's not me or you. No, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so not to digress, uh, here we are, and it is Tuesday. It is September 15th, 2020. Mm-hmm. We're here feeling like, hmm, another day of COVID. I guess. I didn't really think about it that much. <laughs> it's more focused on work. He works. He works. I do this. I, I help my fellow alcoholics out there in the world. That's what I do each day and talk to people all day long. And um, Jeff sits in the back and works. Mm-hmm. But um, so my dear friend, Shelly, I've been going to her these last two weeks and said, what should we talk about? What would you like to hear? Because she listens when she's working out or she's doing cleaning up her house, whatever. And she's like, I would like to know about slow recovery and fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know why this just came to my mind, but What's it came that? to my mind that when I got sober, originally 14 years ago plus, I went to a 12-step room and in 12-step rooms around the country or around the world actually, they have, a, they have this thing, they have this, um, what do you call it? It's not a poster, it's a, banner it's a banner and it has these 12 steps on it and um i was really excited because i was like i am ready to get sober i and now we we have different stories so it'll be interesting to hear what you have Mm -hmm. to say about this but for those of you who don't remember or haven't heard or whatever or if you have heard sorry you have to hear it again you know i came into a because i wanted to i did not go to rehab i did not have um i wasn't asked to go by the police Um, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and I knew that I was a social person and that I needed to get friends that didn't drink, especially for the beginning. I was like, I need to have friends that don't drink. Where am I going to find friends that don't drink? Because the friends I'm hanging out with these days, they all drink. They drink like I drink. Mm -hmm. So I definitely can't hang out with those people for a little bit. I have to go find some peeps that don't drink and hang out with them. And so I go to the room, I see the banner with the 12 steps on it. And uh, I'm like, I can do this. I can do those 12 steps and I can do it and I can be done. I got finished and I'm gonna graduate summa cum laude and I got my piece of paper and it says I'm good to go. I can go on the journey for the rest of my life and not have to do this. Mm -hmm. And I thought this is gonna be awesome. How long do you think it would take? I don't know. I thought, well, I could do those 12 steps and what? I mean, I said, well, I'll do it a year and then I'll see, you know. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to drink at all, but I didn't know, like, 
the whole like going for the rest of your life or all that stuff. I just was doing it like, all right, I'm going to do those 12 steps because that's what you're supposed to do. So they said, you got to get a sponsor. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. Check. I'm going to do these 12 steps and then I'll be done with that. Check. Mm -hmm. And then I can go on my merry way. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen so much for me. That's funny because I got a, um, at one point early on, I got the, uh, this book called the 12 steps and 12 traditions. Yeah. So I sat down, I read the 12 steps, it took me, I don't know, hour and a half, maybe to read the whole thing. I was like, okay, that's done. <laughs> he's a he's really quick reader. <laughs> so you got, the, you bought the book? Yeah. When did you buy the book? I don't know, sometime in uh, 1998 or 1999. Did you buy it before <clears throat> you, cause we had a different journey into the 12s, like where you, like mm -hmm. I, went because i know i needed help as i mentioned earlier and i knew i needed friends that oh, were... i've been in the program for about probably you know two but why'd three, you go two, three, to four the months. program why did i go to the program yeah because uh, i was directed to it <laughs> someone asked you to go yeah so i was directed to go to the program so you wouldn't get in trouble with the law so I, well that's what i thought but no they actually directed me to go there because they said that's where you go if you want to get sober but you so didn't want I, to get sober you were like you had just gotten in a was, car accident and you were like you're right and it wasn't really that i i didn't want to i just the thought of being sober never occurred to me like, i didn't believe anybody was sober so, so like so the fact is is that you saw this you i didn't believe that any i, I just didn't believe that anybody didn't drink right because i didn't think drinking was the problem i thought control was the problem mm seeing so uh, to quote our literature the great obsession of every abnormal drinker is that he can control and enjoy his drinking so had you ever met anybody that was sober before that day i had met people that were in aa but what did you think of them i mean the one person i knew well that was in the program was a lot of fun i liked him a lot he had great stories it was very fun but you didn't but, think it was weird all his, um, well, I felt bad for him because all his, all his great stories were all from when he was drinking. And, uh, you know, and, and when I knew him, he wasn't, although I didn't, I just figured, okay, well, that's just, you know, like, I didn't really believe that he wasn't really drinking. I just believed that he wasn't really drinking enough to get drunk. And so therefore nobody could tell. Oh, he was managing it. Exactly. Okay. That's what I thought. Turns out I was wrong. When he died, he was sober for like 40 some years. Okay. So, and back to, so did you think, so when you bought that 12, somebody said buy this 12 step. So you, so you didn't get a sponsor do that right away. You didn't hear them saying like, maybe you should get a sponsor. Right. No, I had a guy that was my sponsor. From the beginning. And well, I got him like, uh, it was your the, best friend, right? No. Within a, uh, that was this guy, Pete, within a month or so. Yeah, like within, yeah, like six weeks, I guess. I was in about six weeks. And then he became my sponsor. And, uh, and, and he became my sponsor because he could pick me up at the train station. Because <laughs> you couldn't drive. Right. I was just talking to somebody about this, actually. What was it like to ask somebody that you didn't even know for a ride? 
as a guy and say like, Hey, can you give me a ride? And they're going to say, yes. I mean, most people were like, well, I, I got this. I'll get an Uber. Right. Well, they didn't have Ubers. They didn't have Ubers back then. And, um, and it, it didn't really happen that way. He was kind of like, you know, um, I can pick you up at the train station because, you know, he knew I worked in Philadelphia. He worked in Villanova. So he was like, take the train to Villanova and I can give you a ride home. So I was like, oh, okay, that sounds good. So I did that. And then there was other people at the meeting that I met in, in various different meetings that said, you know, I'm going to this meeting tomorrow night. I'll pick you up. Okay. So you had rides. And then mm -hmm. was it fast? Were you off to the races? How long did you realize before? Because we're talking about like a long, like a slow recovery. Well, I'm because pretty slow. You're slow? It took me four months to actually believe that people in the AA actually weren't drinking. That's pretty slow. For four months? Yeah, for four months I was, you know. Pretty you were convinced that most people that were there were lying. I just, I just, it wasn't even like that. I, I would just like, I just assumed that when they said, you know, sober, they just, what they were really meaning was, you know, controlling and enjoying my drinking because why else would they be so happy? Right. Like, See, I just didn't believe, I really didn't believe that was beyond my wildest. It was truly like when they say beyond your wildest dreams, really simple for me, beyond my wildest dreams was, you know, mad, a mad was, was not drinking a day at a time for any substantial amount of time. You know, I could imagine doing it for a day or two, but I didn't even know it was happening to me. That's how crazy I was, you know? So I didn't drink a day at a time and I was like, four months had gone by. And when, when I went to that first meeting, you know, they asked if there was any anniversary to celebrate and the guy raised his hand and said he had 30 days. And I thought, well, that's just complete crap. There's no way that somebody went 30 days without a drink. And then I realized, oh my God, it happened to me like 120 days. Like, how did that happen? You know, it was crazy. I didn't even know it was happening. So I'm very slow. Very slow. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to talk about um, a slow recovery and what it feels like. You know, it's in the beginning, I can say for the first year, you know, you're, I said I wanted to graduate to summa cum laude with the steps and I wanted to be done with them. And these steps, you can Google AA 12 steps if you want to, but um, I'm gonna talk about the first three because I feel like that's where, where the rubber meets the road and where real, I, that's where I believe most of the program happens, at least for every person is one, two, three. Mm -hmm. I think four people think is intimidating five intimidating, which takes people out, which I understand I'm going and talking about what happened in your past and clearing it up. But I think if you do one, two, and three, it prepares you to do four. Mm -hmm. If you really do those thoroughly, but it takes a long time to do one, two, and three. Like number one, we're just going to talk about one. Um, admitted that we are powerless over alcohol. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol. Mm -hmm. And our lives have become unmanageable. Mm -hmm. Now, in layman's terms, what that means to me is, okay, I'm powerless. Okay, that means that I have no power, right? The definition of powerless. Right. Should I look it up? I'm going to look it up. What's the definition of powerless? So, um, the definition of powerless is, I'm going to tell you, 
I'm looking this up. And um, powerless, without ability, influence, or power. True, an example is troops were powerless to stop last night's shooting. Okay. So that's kind of a depressing powerlessness. Really oh my God. Must be from Portland. I was like, oh my God, it's terrible. Okay. Definition of the word powerless. Devoid of strength or resources, powerless victims, lacking the authority or capacity to act was powerless to help. Other words from powerless cinnamons and more examples. So, you know, for me, I knew, like, I had to really think about what I was powerless over. Like, mm -hmm. I really had to think long and hard. So I had to, like, think of, a t like, a time. So I, I can still remember saying I'm only going to have one journey martini and really believing in my life, believing in my heart, like, in my whole heart that I was only going to have one. When you said that, that was the truth. It was totally the truth. Mm -hmm. I could have sworn on it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I go into the bar and then I have the one dirty martini and it's like, why not have another one? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I'll have another one. And then I'll have another one and then I'll have another one and then I'll have another one. So like the choice there, it's like something mental that I can remember. It's like, it calls your name. It wants you. It's, it's, it's like, it's, um, it's just really, it's, it's just, it, you have no control. Like once you have that drink and once you open up the floodgates, it's like, shh, it's like letting out a dam. It's like, I have no choice. I'm like, I've already had one. I'm kind of feeling a little good already because I'm whatever. I, I, one I can feel, especially a martini because it's straight up vodka. So I drink that. It goes straight to my head and it's like, well, why not have another one? Mm -hmm. that's powerlessness like that inability but if i did stop oh god like just shoot me now because it's just like if you if you force me to stop then all i have is this craving that i want another one i want another one i want another one and then i want to go over to your house and i want to drink your beer or i want to drink your wine or i want to drink your this and i want to drink your that mm -hmm. i mean it's like it's that mental obsession that doesn't stop So to feel that in your head and your heart is really hard to understand, to have that feeling. And that, this didn't come overnight, right? No. I didn't feel like this overnight, the way I'm, I'm describing this in the beginning, I wouldn't describe it the way I'm doing it today. Cause it's been, I've been, it's been a long enough time away from it, but, and my head has met my heart. Like I know what those feelings mean now. Cause mind you, when I came in, I didn't even know what a feeling was. I was seeing a therapist at three months and she's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, cold or hot? Like mm -hmm. I had no idea. So taking the time to have that feeling meet my heart, meet my head and go, okay. All right. So I guess that crazy obsession I have is powerlessness. I guess. What do you think? Well, I think that um, I really didn't know. I, kn I, I knew very little about alcoholism, you know, even though I was grew up around it and was one myself. I really didn't know much about it. You know, I didn't think I was an alcoholic. I never really thought about it. What did you think an alcoholic was? If, you were, if someone were to describe to you, do you even remember 22 years ago, how you felt? Like if somebody said, what's an alcoholic, what would you think? Um, I would think that was somebody that, like, believe it or not, like they just 
couldn't control their drinking. Did you but, think it was a hobo? But it wasn't me. Was it a hobo? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But, you know, and, and my problem was, you know, that, that that's the denial of it because every once in a blue moon, you know, I'd go out and have like two drinks and I go home. Okay. And uh, so if, if the, the thought of having a problem ever occurred, I would just, I'd always go back to that and say, well, see, that wasn't a problem. I mean, I was fine. So, you know, I'm okay. Um, and I was very confused by the whole thing, you know, because I, I really thought that <clears throat> my problem was I just wasn't doing it right, you know, because I would, I'd black out and, you know, there were just constant problems and constant trouble. And uh, then I really just thought, I'm just, you know, I'm not doing it right. I'm just doing something wrong um, and I'm going to figure it out. And what I, what I just didn't know, and, and so it's funny, so that, that moment where I was able to say, oh, I'm powerless over alcohol. You know, I've told the story many times. I was in the program for four months and I just, you know, I really didn't believe that people weren't like, they weren't drinking or this or that. I just, you know, it, none of it made sense to me until I heard this guy say, um, if you don't drink, you can't get drunk. And, uh, you know, that was my, giant spiritual awakening that was my aha moment because that's when i realized like i had thought all this time my problem was that you know i kept getting drunk and i didn't want to you know i just wanted to go out and have fun and have drinks and have a good time and go home and not be in trouble and uh, but it never worked out that way and i like i said when i said earlier i i think i was doing something wrong so i kept trying all these different things but the only thing i never tried was not drinking and in that moment, that's when I realized, like, oh, my God, he's so right. I have not had a drink. I haven't drank in four months. I haven't been drunk the entire time. And uh, I get it. I'm powerless over alcohol. So what I learned for me was that um, um, the, the powerlessness is the physical craving that happens that, you know, for whatever reason, the way my body is, once I have a little bit to drink, my body just craves more and more and more. And a craving so intense. Now, if you're if you're not a a an addict or an alcoholic, um, I don't know if you can relate to it or not, because there might not be anything in your life that's like that. You know, you probably don't smoke, but I think that's the same thing as you just have a craving for a cigarette if you smoke and you have to have it. So that's what would happen with me. Like I would be okay until i had a drink and then the physical craving would start and uh and i just had to have more and more and more i just there was no off button that was my problem there was no off button like other people around me could go out and have one or two and leave and i wanted to do that but i couldn't you know just because physically i'm not built that way so it had nothing to do with willpower it had nothing to do with mental ability and had nothing to do with anything it was just a physical thing in my body and the only way to not have that physical problem was to be abstinent which was the only thing i never tried right so that's the real to me scientifically that's the powerlessness is the uh the physical craving that starts once i have that first drink you know the, the mental obsession which is the other part they talk about is uh 
just me to me really is part of that thing that kind of falls under unmanageability because it is so unmanageable, right? I mean, when that's all you think about, like I'm not going to drink, I am going to drink, I'm not, I'm just going to have two, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, you know, just on and on and on. It's just crazy, you know, it's completely crazy. So that's how I feel about it. I love that. You know, um, while you were talking, because I already realized we're almost like 20 minutes into our podcast, mm-hmm. I've already guessed what I've decided we're going to do. Because I, everybody knows that I'm campy here. At, oh, we're going to, wait, wait, don't tell me we're going to go through the 12 steps. We are. One, one a week. <laughs> one a week for 12 weeks. How, how did I guess that? <laughs> and we did not, she didn't, she didn't prompt me or tell me anything. I swear. I swear that, I didn't. I just came guess. through it. <laughs> he knows his wife pretty well. Um. Because I feel like this is this warrants a lot of talk. It's um. I want to talk about. There's two things I want to talk about: the powerlessness. Well, you brought up smoking, and um, I'm just going to admit something to the, everybody who's listening and whoever follows. You know, busy living sober. I started smoking a lot during COVID. I did. I started mm-hmm. smoking COVID. Um, it's not something I'm proud of. In fact, I hate it, and it's like a monkey on my back, and um, I crave it. I, I go a couple, I'll, I can go days, days and days without cigarettes. And I don't buy, so I'll go a week, maybe not have cigarettes. And then I break down and I'm like, go get me some cigarettes. And he goes and buys me cigarettes, not willingly, but he just does it. And, um, and, um, I can, that phenomenon of craving, it's like, I have one, I want more, I want more, I want more. And, um, it's hard. It's hard. That powerlessness is hard. Mm-hmm. Powerlessness is hard. I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about one thing that happened to us. So we got married. And for those of you that don't know that almost three years ago, and um, we went on a honeymoon almost three years ago, I guess it was. And if people remember, there was a ballistic missile coming to Hawaii and we were in Hawaii on our honeymoon and we were in a parking lot and there was a ballistic missile heading towards us. And we got supposedly, suppose, well, we got, you know, all these phones are going off and I don't know if anybody's been anywhere where they've heard like, a thousand uh, Amber Alerts going on around you, but it's kind of frightening. So we heard all these Amber Alerts and it's going, beep, 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 And we're like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And um, we look at the phone and it's like, a uh, ballistic missile is incoming to, I can't remember what it said. I know you have a photo of it on your phone mm-hmm. somewhere, but something to that extent, right? A ballistic missile's coming. It's an incoming ballistic missile, seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. So, <laughs> powerlessness i wasn't smoking on our honeymoon Mm-mm. powerlessness Power, that was powerlessness this covid thing is powerlessness covid's powerlessness none of us have power over it right i mean we have power over whether we're going to put our mask on or whether we're going to get ridiculed i know especially where we are right now in philadelphia it's very um it's very uh uh, it's a big deal here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably a bigger deal here than it has been anywhere else we've been. I think. Good thing. And being powerless over this thing that causes all this fear and all this anxiety amongst everybody and everybody. It's, um, it's interesting because it's a way of describing powerlessness. Cause if you're out there and you're sitting there listening to us today and you're going, okay, I kind of get what these guys are talking about. I'm trying to make it so layman and easy because when you come into 12 steps and they're like, and you see that number one, I'm powerless. My life is unmanageable. 
Like when we're drinking, I know when I came into that meeting and I was like, I'm done. Like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I tried to fight with alcohol and it's like Muhammad Ali. I can't do it. I'm powerless over it. Mm-hmm. I'm powerless over a ballistic missile coming to my house and coming to my honeymoon or not. Right. We were powerless over it. Absolutely. We had nothing to do. We just texted the kids and said, we love you. Mm-hmm. See how you guys arrive over the rainbow. Hopefully we'll be over the rainbow. But, um, you know, um, I'm powerless over COVID and what's going to happen with COVID. When is it going to be over? What is it going to look like? Um, how much longer is it going to go? Am I going to get it? Is it on my doorknob? Is it on the door? Is it on the knob of the rest, the hotel, uh, whatever restaurant, supermarket, whatever. It's like, um, there's so many uncertainties and you're powerless over it. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Well, that's life in general, honey. But it feels, but to be newly sober and to hear these things, it feels like, wait a minute, am I really powerless over it? But like we are, like those are things you can't feel, you can't touch. And it's kind of like alcohol. Once you drink it, there's no, some, it's once you pick up that cigarette, there's something inside of you that just clicks and the craving becomes so much bigger then you can your willpower anything can handle so you just go off to it and you use it again so if it's like you take pills if you drink if you smoke weed you're like i just want one more hit or i just want one more pill or i just want one more shoot i want one more one more mm-hmm. and then i'll be okay right yeah. in the end that's what it is you're gonna be okay well, that's why they used to say they used to say this thing, but I never understood it. They'd say one is too many and a thousand is not enough. I'm like, what are they talking about? Like one isn't too many. And, uh, but what they were talking about was that, you know, the craving and the powerlessness over the craving because one is all it takes to get started. And once you start, you're off to the races and there's no stopping. So, you know, it's abstinence. So, and in terms of like what you are talking about in life in general, it's just, that's, you have to absolutely let go of the idea of having a drink. You just have to let it go. Or picking up a pill. Whatever it is. You know, or smoking a cigarette. It's just, you just have to let it go. Just say that's, it's just not for me. I, I have to let it go. And, uh, and that's very apropos of, all the other things you're talking about in life, you know, the things that upset us, that scare us, that um, are, are, you know, seem to be overwhelming, or whatever is just, just, you know, let it go. I can't fight life. I learned that because I tried, you know, I tried very hard to make it go that way. That's not step one that we're talking about, by the way, but uh, you know, and you can't do it. You know, life goes the way life wants to go. And I am powerless over that. And, Oh, by the way, I'm fine with that now, too. Yeah. I totally get it. And it's getting that place of willingness and realizing that you've got a problem. It's like getting to that place where you're going, I'm going to surrender. I'm powerless. Okay, I'm going to reach for help. That's my first step. That's the first step is going, I don't want to do this anymore. And I keep playing these same tapes in my head and I keep doing it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I want to change. Right? Yeah. Well, I think I need help. Is That's a great statement i need help and it's really hard to ask for help can be sure it's really hard mm-hmm. it's like gosh help me help me help me mm-hmm. and letting go and helping i'm not going to talk about the letting go part because that's like a whole nother step what's a whole nother way of going but right. 
that whole thing of being powerless and taking it slow and steady and going, okay, I'm going to see what it feels like to be powerless. I'm going to see what it feels like. And I always like to say, like, you know, admitting you're powerless over things um, takes a little bit of humility. Well, it takes a lot. <laughs> I got him going. It takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of humility. And someone might be like, what does humility mean? Should we look up the word humility really quick? I'm going to look it up really quick. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look it up really quick. Doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. Mm -hmm. Humility. It sounds humbling. It's like humility. That's a horrible word. Humility. Humility. A modest or low view of one's own importance. Humbleness. He needs the humility to accept that their way may be better. Ooh, that's I like that because I've said that many times. You know? Yeah. You know, that's, that for me, that's step one is just I just need to be willing to believe that maybe somebody has a better idea than I do. Because I ran my whole life on my ideas. And that didn't get us anywhere, right? That got yeah. us dirty mar 10 dirty martinis it kept in. Getting us, it kept getting me anyway, you know, to this same place and I was so confused because I would be like how do I keep getting here like I don't want to be here this isn't where I was trying to get to and I don't understand why I keep getting here and then me because I have no humility right I say I must be doing something wrong I have to do this differently if I do it differently maybe I won't end up in the same place and I tried everything I could think of you know but I never just tried stopping so I'm happy to report since I stopped drinking, haven't been drunk one time. No, me not neither. a single time. But it's not easy. But it's easy. It's not easy, but it's easy. I mean, the answer is really easy. Just don't drink. It's easy. It doesn't cost you anything. It's um it's actually you save cheaper. money. It's cheaper. It's cheaper to not drink. It's cheaper to not drink. It's cheaper to um it's a it's a way better lifestyle. It's just so much easier. I just yeah. have to say it's easier. My hair is a little crazy today, but yeah, it is. You know, for people like us, it's the only way to go. Right. It's you know, and so it's, funny cause, it's funny because it's funny because we are by nature we're 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 black and white, yes or no, in or out, all or none kind of people, and that's not a good way to live. But in this in this circumstance, there's there is no other choice. You're either in or you're out. There's no halfway. None at all. No. None at all. So I want to say this to the person who's listening. If you're listening and you saw that the subhead of this title of this today's podcast was step one. Was it? I just decided to change it to that. Cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Step one. Because our, our friend Shelly wanted us to talk about taking it slow well, we're going to take it slow we're going to go one step at a time mm -hmm. one step at a time so if you're listening that means that you have at least some curiosity that wants to be filled like you want to find you're you're interested so you're like okay so what is step one what does that feel like admitting that i'm powerless even mm -hmm. if you don't do the 12 steps even if you don't even belong to a, a 12-step group and you just are interested it just got you piquing your interest so 
step one, if you're humbling, your, hum, your humility is obviously there because you're like, I'm humbly going to go look and see what these people are talking about. Mm -hmm. Yep. And if you're wondering what unmanageability is, you know, a uh, big part of it is, you know, if you keep, if what happened to me all the time happens to you, you keep ending up in some place in some circumstances that it was not where you wanted to be and you're confused by how you keep getting there that's very unmanageable very, very difficult very mm -hmm. unmanageability should we look it up really quick if you sure if you'd like to i'm going to do that too i like to do this through a dictionary you're going to need to get me a dictionary i don't want to carry around a big dictionary i'll just use this unmanage unmanage Manageability. There it is. Unmanageability. What does uh, difficult or impossible to manage or control? Unmanageable traffic congestion. Difficult to carry or maneuver. Unwieldy. Unmanageable. So, um, you know, when your life is unmanageable and you keep realizing every time I pick up a drink, I get drunk or I get myself in some trouble, or every time I've been in trouble, alcohol or drugs are involved, that might be unmanageable. Mm -hmm. Might be unmanageable. So realizing that you're powerless, I have no control, it's unmanageable because I keep ending up in the same place, and I need a little bit of humility to just ask for some help. That's pretty much it. Pretty much it, mm -hmm. pretty much it. Yeah. We got it in a nutshell. I think you wrapped it up. We wrapped it up in 30 minutes or less. There you go. 30 minutes or less. We talked about step one. If you have any questions, comments, you can reach out to us at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylivingsober.com. That's B-U-S-Y. And um, thanks. Thank you. It's fun to have them on. I have to say I like it. I like it. <laughs> so until next time, keep getting i'm gonna get him to do this soon keep getting busy living sober busy living sober busy living so keep getting busy living sober till next time bye, bye everybody reach out no you're not alone take care bye